with Colette. Now it's time for movies. Simon Kingsley Holmes joins me. Good morning, Good sir. Morning. How are we? Oh, we're fine. We're, uh, you know, um, well, a bit, bit soaked after standing outside. I didn't really quite look out the window this morning oh, before I walked out you, the you, door, you, so... You didn't know we were heading for four days of hell? Oh, fantastic. No, I didn't know that, that but... Was uh, the, that was the headline in yesterday's Herald. I thought... <laughs> Four days of hell. That's Four days of the hell. Herald, always ready to sort of keep a calm face on things. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah right. Well, thanks to the Herald. Uh, it's, I, no, I didn't know that, but it's nice to find out on air. Yeah, yeah. That, before you leave the house. I mean, yeah. oh, what's a weather report for anyway? Right? Uh, Who yeah, cares? yeah. Whatever. <laughs> you know, uh, I've got windows. I chose not to look out of it. Yeah. I'm an optimist, maybe. <laughs> well, I have got the thermal top and my long johns on right now because I knew it was coming. Okay. I, and I'm very well prepared. I always like to come in here and find out what you're wearing underneath mm. your clothes. I'm this right. I'm like a Boy Scout. Uh, and the latest star of uh, Spider-Man. is it's like a Boy, Boy Scout. <laughs> <laughs> there is a crucial scene in Spider-Man Homecoming, spoiler alert, where he rubs two sticks together and makes a fire. Oh, well done. Um, Did yes. he get his badge for that? So, yeah, yeah, he's got his Spider-Man badge. <laughs> oh, my. Five metres Spider-Man badge. Um, yes, we've got Spider-Man Homecoming, the new, uh, yet another reboot of uh, Spider-Man franchise. Obviously, this time now, it's finally gone back to Marvel. Hence the name Homecoming. I mean, there's no other subtext to that title other than, ah, Fox, ah, we got Spider-Man back. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, so it's directed by John Watts, whose previous film, surprisingly, was a pretty much direct-to-DVD uh, Kevin Bacon movie called Cop Car. Oh, I've is, seen it. Yeah, and I've, um, it was one that sort of popped up on the radar of a few critics who said, actually, straight-to-DVD, but it's really good, and I would like to see this. I was hoping to see it this week before oh, coming on air, but I didn't get to see it. I did enjoy it. Yeah, I yeah, did. I thought it, it was quite good. It looks like a really good one, so I'm, I'm quite stoked about that, so keep an eye out for Cop Car, people. Um, it's written by... Um, uh, John Watts as well, uh, alongside Jonathan Goldstein, John Francis Daly, Christopher Frawl, Chris McKenna and Eric Summers. So it's a, it's a committee movie. Um, but, well, I mean, thankfully it doesn't feel like that. And obviously, as you may have heard, the new Spider-Man is Tom Holland, a young British actor uh, who's, well, has the edge over Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield in that he's actually pretty much a teenager. So he mm. looks like a it For once, Peter Parker looks like a teenager. Uh, this begins just, a, I, I think, just after the first Avengers film. So there's a prologue uh, in which we meet Michael Keaton's Adrian Toomes, and he and his men are leading the cleanup operation in New York after all the alien business in the Avengers. And his men are um, they are sort of summarily for no good reason fired by Tony Stark's people. And uh, this you know, this obviously causes a lot of anger. They're not the richest people in the world. They were really relying on this job. And uh, his men steal some of the leftover alien technology and start their own criminal operation aimed at taking down New York and starting a criminal enterprise. Skip forward a few years and you have Peter Parker, who is already Spider-Man in this, but still sort of new to it all and very excited uh, about it. He's learning by playing the friendly neighbourhood Spider-Man and, you know, um, dealing with street-level crime and, you know, doing little things like that. Um, and uh, But he's, he's desperate to do a big mission and he's constantly on the phone to Happy... Mm -hmm. Played by John Favreau, Tony Stark's right-hand man, mm -hmm. uh, to do a big mission. He's really, you know, really wants to sort of get his finger, get his hands dirty. Uh, but he's getting static from them, and uh, but he, at the same time, he's cottoning on to Tombs and his uh, criminal enterprise. And it was really good. I enjoyed it. Uh, it was. It's not perfect. I mean, it does suffer from uh, a loss of the 
sort of its problems pretty much are for the most part the usual problems that come with all these superhero movies in that there's you they've they're following the same pretty much the same story and in the end the central set piece uh, action scene is better than the final action scene. I don't want to give anything away, but once again, just too much CGI, too much going on. You know, you mm-hmm, get to mm-hmm. the point where you can't really see what's going on. I know it's like, the like an old man, but yeah, I mean that poster is terrible. <laughs> I'm really glad they haven't used that one very much because that's oh, that's painful to look at. Yeah. But um, but um, on the whole, I think it's a really smart move that what they've done is they've not done an- another origin story because I yeah. think that's mostly due with the fact that there is a certain sense of Spider-Man fatigue. I mean, this is the third reboot in about 15 years. First we had Sam Raimi's version, then we had Mark Webb's version. Um, I didn't see either of the Andrew Garfield ones. I kind of was out of the loop. I just wasn't interested in going to see a superhero movies in general at that time, but least of all those. Um, this one reboots it really nicely. I mean, Tom Holland is, is fantastic as Spider-Man. For my money, I think he's the best Spider-Man I've seen. Um, I, uh, partly because I came out of the cinema and I weirdly I didn't really think about him and then I thought I'm not really thinking about him and then I thought well that's because he so fits the role like a glove there's really nothing I could fault him about I mean you just never questioned anything he did he seemed so believable he's so likeable Um, he really does a a fantastic job of it Um, there's Michael Keaton as the bad guy is fantastic as you would expect I mean you know we all love Michael Keaton Um, and yeah it it just it, it goes through a lot of the beats but it does them in a fun, interesting way. There's a, there's a certain subtext with the fact that because Peter Parker's from a lower class background and also um, Toomes, Michael Keaton's character, is from a lower class background, there's this kind of um, uh, blue collar versus white collar thing going on, obviously with Tony Stark having fired all of Toomes' men. That's never really satisfactorily resolved for my mm-hmm. money. But it does uh, bring up some interesting ideas and that's it's it's nicely it's nicely put together there is wit to it it's fun um there's a great central set piece with the um the big obelisk the cleopatra's needle in washington is that what it's called um you know, the big mm, no, I don't thing. think it's called that. But is it yeah. not? Okay, I made that one up. Um, <laughs> oh, no, no, that's Cleopatra's Needle that's from Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I thought. Um, yeah. yeah, shut up. I'm <laughs> it's um, really hard here. Okay, I don't think you understand that. Um, and, yeah, there's a fantastic... Um, the cast across the board are really great. Uh, no problems there. That's also including, uh, obviously, Robert Downey Jr., John Favreau, Marissa Tomei as Aunt May, uh, Bokeem Woodbine as girl Zendaya, who I've not seen before. She plays Peter Parker's love interest, Michelle. Um, nice. And as Hannibal Buress and Tony Revolori also putting in good performances. There's nice plot developments along the way as well. I, w- I won't say twists, but plot developments that I didn't yep. see coming, which I thought worked really well. So, on the whole... Very good. A good idea from them to because you, you mentioned the fact that you know it's not an origin story, mm, yeah. and that was a good move for them to put him in um, Civil War, Captain America, because yes, it did a little that. bit in that, but it wasn't a, an, a, an overall <coughs> origin yeah. story. It just introduced the character within an already uh, developed, yeah. um, you know, um, film franchise and storylines and stuff like that. So, so that was a good idea because I mean, I, my least favorite. Um, uh, action hero franchise has been Spider-Man. Okay. Oh, well, Transformers actually. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't a big fan of the Sam Raimi ones. I mean, I, I well, I, actually, well, no, cards on the table. I watched the first Spider-Man when it came out, and I enjoyed that when I was. 13, 14, yeah, whatever yeah. I was. Um, but going back, eh, you know, and I 
didn't really bother with Spider-Man 2. I know everyone raves about Spider-Man 2, but I watched bits and bobs of Spider-Man 2, and it, again, just too much CGI. I just wasn't really yeah. interested. Actually, I'm not that big a Sam Raimi fan on on you on the whole. Same. And I watched again. I watched bits of Spider-Man 3, but ugh, I couldn't be bothered. That I, was, I, I don't like. You know what? What it is for me? I don't like the over-the-top um, uh, bloody villains. I don't like the Green Goblin. I thought it was too much. You know, I don't. It's like it's like Mr. Freeze and Batman. You know? <laughs> See, that's yeah. Actually, come to think of it, I mean, oh, sorry, my voice went again. This happened last week as well. Happens every ago. week. God, dear, oh dear. Um, I'm, I'm. This is, but this is more in keeping with the Spider-Man character, who obviously is a prepubescent te- teen. So you yeah. see, you know. Um, uh, yeah, I thought that the the bad guy character is uh, called Vulture. This is a weird thing. He's called Vulture. I didn't realise until after the film. I had to look this up because he's not. I don't remember him being named in the film. Yeah. There's a sort of a reference to him. They, someone says this vulture guy or whatever. But I didn't know that that was what his name was. I don't, that could just be me. Maybe I wasn't paying attention. But um, it was... Uh, yeah, but I thought he was a good bad guy. I thought right. he was a good bad guy. And it was woven... He was, his, their stories were woven together quite nicely, I thought. So, yeah. On the whole, it was good. It was right. good. It's not... Good. It's not the best, but it was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, no, had good reviews so far. So um, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, but and it's. I mean, it's quite. I mean, for quite a leap. I mean, even more so than say, you know, Gareth Edwards going from monsters to Godzilla. This guy John Watts going from cop car to Spider-Man: Homecoming is a hell of a leap. We, well, we're so. seeing a lot of those recently. Yeah, I think. We've yeah, yeah. There was a well. There was uh, Kong Skull Island, which is Jordan Vogue Roberts went from Kings of Summer to Kong Skull Island, and you know that is quite a leap. Yeah, I really like that film. I know a lot of people didn't. I thought it was great. <sighs> good. Yeah, correct. I thought it was great. <laughs> Uh, all right, well, where we're going now? We're going okay, to. Okay, we're going to be talking ballet. We're going to be talking reading films. Yes, we're going to be talking reading films, <laughs> and, and not the not, not the actual theater. reading films, which makes not, us so much better than the usual hoi polloi. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have to read. Yeah. No, it's uh, but yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it is. Do you know what? Whatever. <laughs> this one's called Polina. It's uh, a film depicts the life of a young ballet dancer called Polina, uh, coming from a poor, rough background in Russia, who is put into ballet classes as a young girl. Uh, she persists with her study until she's given the opportunity to uh, audition for the Bolshoi. She ends up following a boyfriend, unfortunately, to Paris. And what follows is the ups and downs of her life away from home as she realises that she is not necessarily the dancer that everyone wants her to be. Uh, this is... I went into this with no expectations whatsoever. I'd seen the trailer and I thought, oh yeah, that looks quite good. Um, you know, it looks interesting. Let's go and give it a go. And I really, really loved this film. I was mm-hmm. really surprised. Mm-hmm. I think, it, funnily enough, I think it's another 1,000 Ropes situation where it's possibly a five-star movie, but I'd need to see it again to really, um, to really confirm that. It sells... It's a, a film about the... It, w- w- what it's not, thankfully, is a film about, you know, posh kid comes to, um, you know, goes into classical uh, art and then is discovers through some young street waifs the, you know, uh, more sort of gangster stuff. It's nothing like so, as cringy as that. It's, it's a really nicely done film about a girl who, from the start, you realise doesn't fit into the sphere of what her ballet dancers want her to be or need her to be so she can be in the bolshery this very particular um form of it's uh, yeah it's, there's this rigid perfection that's demanded by ballet companies she mm-hmm. doesn't fit inside that to really express herself as an artist she's going to have to go on a journey herself and discover thing but she does it through mistakes you know she is in a way she's a victim of 
pe- other people's expectations. But at the same time, you know, she's a young person. You know, she's she's got she's petulant. She's bloody minded. You know, she has all those mistakes that young people have. Obviously, apart from me and you. Yes. And, yes um, that's right. Well, <laughs> I, d- I, I didn't. Have. Uh, oh no 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 oh, no, 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 no. Oh, the young person oh, phase. No, never made mistakes in my life. Um, and. Uh, so she's also, you know, she's kind of also a fool to herself. But through this, you know, she is smart enough to discover. And she's clearly obsessed with ballet. She loves dancing and she loves, you know, she she has to get things perfect. And that's kind of her biggest boon and her biggest crutch. And it was really well told. It's It does, it is essentially a kitchen sink drama. I wrote this down. It's a Russian-French kitchen sink drama about ballet. So it's very much the sprouts of cinema. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it's... Uh, but I really enjoyed it. I was really engaged with it. The uh, main actress, Anastasia Shevtseva, um, as put it, she herself is a dancer. She's a ballet dancer. Um, so and this is her only film. Looking her up, this is the only acting film she's done, and she's really brilliant in the in the main role. She um, she's very subtle. I mean, you to. Yeah, I, I've no way of saying this for that sounded snobby, but to the untrained eye, it would look like she's not doing anything. But what she is doing, she's doing an awful lot with very little. Yeah. It reminded me of there was a film last year called Certain Women, which I saw at the festival, and the, one of the performances of the year that really stood out for me was this young actress, Lily Gladstone, and she just with the smallest of facial gestures and ticks and whatnot, just told you so much. And it's kind of this as well. Um, I mean, all the cast are fantastic. There's a lovely supporting role from Juliette Binoche, who plays a dance teacher in Paris, and, and she does some dancing stuff. She, she's great. I mean, Juliette Binoche is great all the time, but um, uh, this was nice to see that even when she's doing small roles, she puts her all into it. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. The directors are Valerie Muller and An- Angelin, or Angelin uh, Prelyakai, uh, who, uh, the second of whom is a dancer and choreographer. This is his first film, I think, it was as a director and a writer. And they put everything into it. There's so much passion in here. There's so much intelligence. What Stylistically, it reminded me of the Dardenne brothers, Jean-Pierre and Luc Dardenne, who do films like Two Days, One Night and L'Enfant, two-time Palme d'Or winners, um, who do these sort of uh, kitchen sink dramas in Belgium. And it had that sort of style that they have, which is uh, natural lighting, you know, no artificial lighting, handheld camera, and, and it had that sort of forensic um, close-up intensity that it had that their uh, movies have on their characters, always following them in close-up. But it wasn't. Qu- but what was nice about the film was it wasn't as rigidly austere as that. I love the Dardenne Brothers films, but this sort of opened up when it needed to. It gave mm-hmm. it gave the characters space. It stood back, and it does have stylistic flourishes, you know, um, in certain dance sequences and whatnot. <coughs> Excuse me. So it had a nice mix but it was uh, of of uh, the of the real the um the, that sort of social realism uh element and also a certain flourish to it which was nice and it was su- it was nicely done um and there's also all all its subtextual threads are really nice uh, all its sorry narrative threads are really nicely um channeled together particularly with um uh, obviously as you say she comes from a rough background and uh, her parents are um you know are really struggling to get her through this and to keep the money coming in and her dad's having to do stuff with criminal enterprises never really um uh, elaborated upon but it doesn't need to you just yeah. need to know that he's in trouble and that it's not you know that it is tough for her and for her parents so all in all really smartly done really engaging really emotional loved it film of the week by Brilliant. a long shot. Is that at Metro? 
It is. Uh, no, it's at Re- uh, Rialto. Oh yeah, it yeah. wouldn't be a reading. Uh, hopefully, it would turn <laughs> wouldn't from Metro. be a reading. Yeah, it would be a reading. <laughs> it'd be uh, yeah, we'd be on a double bill with uh, Diary of a Wimpy Kid Four. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's next week. Yeah. Um, Should we just very quickly? Yes, yes, we are. The, uh, Dunedin Art Gallery. So next week they've got they're showing uh, from the seventeenth to the twenty second. They're showing a bunch of Roll Dahl films, uh, one every day of the week. So on Monday, two p.m. every day. Sorry. At 2pm every day. 2pm every day. On Monday, you've got James and the Giant Peach. Tuesday, you've got Matilda. Wednesday, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Thursday, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Friday, the BFG. Which version? We're not sure. And Saturday, the Witches. So go and check those out if you can. Why couldn't they have Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory instead? Um, well, to be honest, because it's not that good, is it? <laughs> oh, the original? <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> I don't really believe that. I haven't seen I haven't seen that version since I was a kid. In fact, the only time I've seen that is when we had a black and white telly. So I've never seen that one in colour. Oh my god! That was when I was little and we couldn't afford a coloured telly. <laughs> so um, yeah, I, so I can't remember. Th- I was just saying that because I knew it would wind you up. <laughs> I hope you haven't seen. Hope that's the only way you saw Wizard of Oz as well. Um. Yeah, uh, I think I, you need to go back and watch these films. I do need to go back and watch these films, but the problem is I'm watching Nightmare on Elm Street 5. Oh, so God. That's a problem. That is, yeah, a, is a problem. Yeah, a it is a problem. problem. I've just sat through it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, thank you so much, Matt. Not a problem. Um, go see both films. Yes. Go see both these films. If you don't want to read a film, go see Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> Homecoming. Uh, and if you do, go see uh, Polina. Um, and definitely, if you have the time and the children, uh, go to all those Roldale films. Or just go. You don't have to have a kid. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be going. Um, all right. I should know the kids are away next Yeah, time. I, oh, I can't go, apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know that. Uh, here's, uh, Honestly, things. I'm a film critic. All right. It's nearly uh, the end of the show.